The Philippines' top cop denies his involvement in an alleged destabilization plot against government. President Marcos willing to speak with his predecessor about issues hounding controversial network SMNI. A House panel set to investigate allegations of corruption in the PUV modernization program. We'll tackle that with Mar Valbuena, chairman of the transport group Manibela. And Oppenheimer and Succession are among the big winners in this year's Golden Globes. Hi, I'm Carmina Constantino. Dateline Philippines begins right now. Thanks for joining us. For those of you watching us on YouTube and on Facebook, nice to have you with us today. Our top story at this hour, unforgivable. That's how Philippine Police Chief Benjamin Acorda described rumors of his involvement in the alleged destabilization plot against government. During this morning's PNP flag racing ceremony, Acorda vehemently denied the accusation. He also urged the police force to defend government amid what he calls a massive disinformation campaign on social media. It hurts me that there are people na gusto lang maging sikat yung kanilang vlog ay gagawa ng mga disinformation. No less than my face, the face of the chief of his staff, posted on viral and saying the AFP and the PNP withdrawing support or asking resignation of the president, it's unforgivable. Hindi po tama yun. Tayo na nagmamalasakit sa bayan, nagsasakripisyo, magpaaraw, magpaulan para maging maunlad lang ating bansa. We tried to promote investment and tourism pero dahil lang sa mga to, sa pansarili, nag-recreate ng hindi magandang imahe sa ating bayan. We don't tolerate these things. A court statement comes days after an edited video claiming police and military officials want President Ferdinand Marcos Jr. to step down went viral on social media. Former President Rodrigo Duterte also denying any hand in the rumored destabilization plot against the Marcos administration. Speaking at a press conference with Davao-based media over the weekend, Duterte called the allegations crazy. <laughs> police o pati military na magkipag-meeting sa akin so disturb bakit ko hindi ginawa yan nung when I was at the height of my naging presidente na ako well for what purpose to what play somebody else in place of Marcos I'm comfortable I'm comfortable with Marcos why should I replace him? And who am I to replace him at this time of my life? It's either they're bullying around or just uh, playing insecurity. Duterte also claiming he is done with politics, ruling out a possible Senate run in 2025. I'm telling you the truth, I would find it disgusting for me to still 
middle in politics. I'm tired. Ayoko na. Ayoko na na politika. Former President Duterte, meanwhile, says President Marcos has nothing to do with the International Criminal Court's investigation into his bloody drug war. He adds he does not care if ICC officials are already in the country to investigate the killings under his watch. It is the ICC interfering in our uh, uh, private affairs in the sense that the it intrudes into the sovereign of, uh, uh, sovereignty of uh, the other nations. Marcos, I'm not uh, in any way dragging him, him into the picture. Wala. Matagal na yan, ICC na yan. Or, wag na lang, ano, ay, uh, wag na natin bigyan ng importansya yung ICC. Let me just address the Filipino people for once. If there is anything that I did it was because I did it for my country. Malacanang says President Marcos is ready to meet with his predecessor to discuss issues hounding controversial TV network SMNI. This after Duterte said he wants to talk to Marcos about the matter. Nadali yung aking gikan sa masa. Isali ko na lang yung aking because yun ang importante sa akin yung I do not want to confront the president, but rather I'd like to talk to him indirectly. Kung bakit ganon? Tapo, as far as I am concerned, I have not. crucified him, not even criticized him uh, severely, maybe commented on the direction of the, the government. In response, Malacanang said Marcos is always available to meet with the former president. In December last year, the National Telecommunications Commission suspended the operations of SMNI for 30 days over alleged violations of its franchise. The Movie and Television Review and Classification Board also issued a 14-day preventive suspension order on two programs of SMNI, including Duterte's program, after the former president allegedly threatened a House lawmaker. In other news, Philippine lawmakers flag an alleged campaign to earn the public's support on charter change through bribery. Albay Representative Edsel Lagman claims mayors in his province were asked to make their constituents sign a petition aiming to amend the 1987 constitution through People's Initiative. Each signatory will allegedly be given a 100 peso payment. Kabataan Party List Representative Raul Manuel, meanwhile, shared a similar document 
pushing to make the Senate and the House vote jointly to revise the charter. Discussions on Chacha were revived in Congress last year, with lawmakers citing restrictive economic provisions as the main reason for the move. The House Committee on Transportation set to begin hearings this week into alleged corruption in the POV modernization program. The House panel will launch its probe Wednesday upon the request of House Speaker Martin Romualdez. Committee Chairman Romeo Acop said he is securing approval of the members of the transportation panel to proceed with a probe. Allegations of irregularities in the modernization program were floated last October. But a former Land Transportation Franchising and Regulatory Board employee recanted his accusation. Well, joining us now for his take on the House probe into alleged corruption in the PUV modernization program is the chairman of Transport Group Manibela, Mar Valbuena. Mar, magandang hapon. Thanks for joining us today and welcome to the program. Uh, magandang hapon po, Ma'am Carmina, and magandang hapon po sa lahat po ng ating mga taga-subaybay. Alright, a lot of things happening in this PUV modernization program. Tuwi na lang tayo nag-uusap. Um, dalawang bagay ang uh, parati natin na pag-uusapan. Yung isa, ipatigil muna, no, dahil marami pang issue itong uh, PUV modernization program. That has come and gone, no? Um, sure. Pangalawa, pangalawa, yung uh, alleged corruption at pangatlo pa pala yung uh, adhikain sana na maisabatas ito no imbis na um, itong uh, memorandum order lamang ang sinusundan ngayon ngayon na may uh, probe but this is into corruption ha into corruption alleged corruption in the POV modernization program sapat na ba ito sa inyong pananaw ah uh, ma'am Carmina uh Nagpapasalamat tayo kay Speaker Martin Romualdez na nagpatawag sila ng motopropyo uh, investigation para dito sa PUBMP, pati na si Congressman Ako. Pero kung uh, ang didinggin lang natin ay yung uh, issue ng corruption at hindi yung pagsuspindi ng uh, PUBMP dahil sa corruption na rin at, uh, at uh, pag-implement nito na hindi makatao kulang po mama Carmina kasi uh, ang goal natin talaga ang objectives natin para para dito sa hearing na to ay masuspend man lang yung uh, yung uh, PUBMP or di kaya ay maibasura dahil nga po uh, napapalibutan ito ng korupsyon na kaya hindi ito umuusad wala po sa amin ang problema nasa nasa gobyerno nasa DOTR nasa LTFRB katulad po ng ipinapakita natin mama Carmina Nakapag-modernize kami, ilan na kami sa aming hanay, ilan na kaming mga operators ang gumawa ng paraan na maipakita natin yung scheme natin ng pag-modernize na kahit hindi tayo nag-operatiba, hindi tayo nag-consolidate uh, nag, uh, at hindi kinakailangang umutang ng napakamahal at uh, hindi kailangan magtaas ng pamasahit, nagawa namin bakit hindi itong scheme na to ang uh, tignan ng uh, ahensya para nang sa ganun umusad na po tayo at uh, uh, mapakinabangan po ng lahat ito kung may suporta mm -hmm. po ng gobyerno. Okay. Inilalatag natin sa kanila. Alright. Um, if all goes well, no, by Wednesday, ay sisimulan itong uh, investigasyon. No? And if they start and begin this investigation, Mar, ano sa tingin mo ang makikita nila? Hinggil sa corruption, alleged corruption, dito sa implementation ng PUV modernization program. Go ahead. Mom Carmina, no? nagkaroon na ng uh, ilang beses na pagdinig dito sa Kongreso 
dito sa mga alleged uh, corruption sa sa LTFRB, sa LTO o sa iba pang ahensya nitong uh, DOTR or DOTR itself. Uh, hanggang investigation lang po ang nagaganap. Pero yung mga yung mga empleyado o yung mga nakaupo dito sa ahensya, hindi naman po napapatawan ng sapat na kaparusahan. Katulad po nung nakaraan taon, may whistleblower pa tayo. Sinuspend ng uh, one month ng ating Pangulo, si Chairman Guadis. Pero three months yung suspension niya, pero after a month, ibinalik po siya. Nang wala pa, nang hindi pa natatapos at uh, wala pang resulta yung investigasyon. So, itong investigasyon na ipapatawag ngayon, umaasa tayo na sana may resulta na po at hindi po grandstanding lang. At sana maparusahan yung mga talagang uh, uh, sangkot sa korupsyon at matanggal sa kanilang uh, pwesto. Marami na po ang nagsasalita, nagsalita nung mga nakaraang uh, uh, mga pagdinig. Pero hindi naman po ito naimbitahan. Hmm. Nakikita natin na mga nasa media ini-interviews. Bakit hindi ito yung mga ipatawag o kausapin? Hmm. Um, mabibigyan na sana ng linaw, no? Or at least uh, nagkaroon ng atensyon, nung nabanggit mo nga, na nagkaroon ng... Uh, whistleblower last year ano at sinabi na um, there were alleged corruptions happened corruption ha corruption corrupt practices i should say happening no sa implementation ng PUV modernization program pero alam naman natin Marco ano nangyari pagkatapos noon hindi ba um, nagkaroon ng investigasyon hindi pa nga natatapos katulad ng sinabi mo pero nagrecant din siya di ba pero hindi rin klaro kung ano ba talaga yung rinirecant niya Diba? Medyo naging malabo din eh. Kasi on one hand, sasabihin niya na, it, uh, we're talking about Jeffrey Tombado, of course, um, he still stands by what he said, but because of some reasons, hindi, rin, hindi binabawi din niya. No? Pero ikaw, na nandyan ka, ano ba talaga ang nangyayari? Um, ano ang pwede niyong ilathala? Ano ang pwede niyong sabihin no, sa pagsisimula ng hearing na ito na talagang tutukuyin yung alleged corrupt practices na nangyayari sa loob ng implementasyon ng PUV Monetization Program, Mark? Uh, Ma'am Carmina, ibabalik ko po sa Kongreso yung tanong. Kung bakit sila nagpatawag ng, uh, ng uh, motopropyo hearing ngayong Wednesday? Ano din ang pinangahawakan ng uh, ating speaker kung bakit nila binuksan ulit ito? Meron nga ba at may hawak po ba talaga sila? Kung sa amin lang po manggagaling, siyempre, mahirap po ito dahil ibinabalik po sa amin na mga transport leaders ang uh, pagkaso, Mang uh, uh, Carmina. So dapat yung mga stakeholders talagang naapektuhan nito at uh, nakuhanan ng pera ay uh, maimbitahan din. Mm. At uh, kung, kung, doon sa, kung doon sa mga, mga allegation, siyempre, uh, hindi naman po ang uh, ahensya, hindi naman po magbibigay ng resibo sa amin ito na tumanggap sila. Hmm. Kaya nga eh. So, ano sa tingin mo ang punot dulo nitong uh, uh, investigasyon na ito? Ma maraming factors po, Ma'am Carmina. No? Kasi yung clamor ng tao, yung awareness ng tao dito sa pagtutol natin sa PUBMP, nakikita natin na marami ng uh, senador, maraming congressman, especially si Speaker uh, Ferdinand Martina Romualdez hmm. ay nagsalita na sana uh, seryoso po na investigasyon Nandyan po ang NBI, nandyan ang ombudsman at iba pang uh, ahensya ng gobyerno na pwedeng mag-imbestiga nito na makakatulong po sa atin. At uh, sana hindi lang dito sa mga nagsasalita kahit ma nagrecant yung mga whistleblower o natakot yung mga pwedeng 
tumistigo. Kailangan po, tuloy-tuloy po dapat yung investigasyon. Hindi isang araw lamang po sa Congress. Mm -mm. Balikan din natin, ano, dun sa implementation. Um, nagkaroon ba ng pagkakataon, nagkaroon ng uh, consultation sa sektor ninyo hinggil dito sa ipatutupad na PUV modernization program? Never, uh, Ma'am Carmina. Never kaming kinonsulta. Uh, ang kinukonsulta yung mga pro na, na sumasang-ayon dito na mga chairman ng uh, transport cooperatives. Pero kami na, na tumututol dito doon sa implementation ng uh, PUBMP, ni minsan hindi ho kami naimbitahan. Mm. At uh, nung, kung inimbitahan po kami noong October 27, nailatag na po nila yung uh, gagawin o pag-amend doon sa department order na 2017-011. Kitang-kita natin na inadjust lang yung uh, months ng pangungutang natin at uh, nandoon pa rin lahat yung mga nagpapahirap na mga requirements at uh, nagpapahirap na mga guidelines sa atin. Mm -hmm. Nakailangan pa rin mag-join kami sa cooperatives or, uh, or uh, corporation and mag-consolidate kami. Kagaya ng sinasabi ko, Ma'am Carmina, nakapag-modernize kami na sumunod kami sa national Philippine National Standard na hindi po kami gumastos ng sobrang laki. Mm -hmm. Hindi po kami humingi ng ayuda at higit sa lahat, hindi po kami nag-consolidate. So babalikan ko yan, ano? If you were able to do that, no. If you were able to do that without um, falling into a debt trap, no. Yes, ma'am. Bakit sa tingin mo, ay talagang pinipilit pa rin nila na ganito ang maging patakaran? Ako, Mama Carmina, tama din yung pagtawag ng uh, kongreso, ng congressional hearing para dito sa alleged corruption sa LTFRB at DOTR. Three years ago, Uh, ang ang uh, presyo lamang ng itong mga modern minibus na ipinapakita nila ay nagkakahalaga lamang ng 1 million to 1.2 to 1.4 million kapag ka air condition siya. Pero ngayon tumataginting na 2.4 to 2.8 million doon sa class 2. Sa class 3 naman, nagkakahalaga ng 2.8 to 3.2 million. Ito po ay nakikita natin na corruption dito and yung uh, pagpili doon sa mga ruta ng mga nakaraang uh, administrasyon o nakaraang uh, Uh, taon ay uh, kailangan uh, magbigay di umano sa mga ahensya o mga empleyado ng uh, LTFRB para maaprobahan yung aming ruta. Katulad na lamang po ngayon na, na kapag hindi na kami pinabiyahe, itong mga bibigyan po ba ng special permit, libre po ba ito? Hmm. O meron na namang 5 million na sisingilin kada maa-awardan po ng ruta. Tayo ay nagtatanong lamang po. Hmm. So, Mar, from the from the route no from the route to the vehicle itself um lahat yon tingin mo may corruption na nagaganap ah uh, tama po kayo ma'am Carmina na doon pa lang sa pag-join namin doon sa cooperatives ng ating mga members pag-join pa lang pagbayad pa lang ng consolidation fee may corruption na eh wala naman pong babayaran doon sa pag doon sa 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 consolidation kundi yung piling fee lang. Hmm. Bakit kinakailangan na bawat membro ay uh, tumataginting na 35,000 pesos ang pinakamababa dahil nga ipit na uh, hindi natin alam ang ang sabi ilalagay eh, para maaprubahan ito para ma-amend yung uh, yung uh, uh, bagong uh, sumali doon sa kooperatiba kailangan daw bigyan si Juan. So hmm. kailangan para daw maaprubahan ito. Hindi na muna tayo magbabanggit ng pangalan. Ito pong mga, ito pong mga kawani ng uh, DOTR o LTFRB na tinutukoy nitong mga 
miembro na kung saan sinabi ng uh, mga chairman ng cooperatives ay dapat po ito ang uh, mabuksan doon sa hearing kasi doon pa lang nga sabi niyo sa ugat pa lamang ng uh, ng uh, PUBMP sa pag-join pa lang may corruption na. Okay, so pag-join pa lang may corruption na, pag-file ng consolidation fee may corruption na. Pagkatapos pagkuha mismo nung vehicle um may meron din Ma'am uh, Ma'am Carmina ganito po ano Ah uh, laging tinatanong ng uh, mga media ng taong bayan na yung mga local manufacturers po mm -hmm. ay uh, kung kung uh, papayagan ba na na sumali doon sa uh, pagbibigay ng mga modernong units mm -hmm. ang sabi ng BOTR ng LTFRB lahat pwedeng mag-join Ang tanong ay sinusuportahan po ba nila ito? Yung uh, yung uh, mga local manufacturers po ba natin ay uh, nabibigyan ng sapat na na suporta ng ating gobyerno in terms din sa financial dahil alam naman natin na nasa mga backyard po ito at maliliit lamang ang kapital. Diretsyoin kita, Marha. Sorry, Mar. I'm just gonna cut you there. Diretsyoin kita. Ang sinasabi mo ba ay may chosen suppliers na talaga itong pamahalaan sa pag-implement ng PUV modernization program? Sa tingin ko po, sa opinion ko, meron. Kasi wala pa ako nakita na kahit isang kooperatiba, nakatulad po niyang uh, pinaplash niyo dyan sa screen, ni isang kooperatiba, wala po ako nakita na may 15 units na na minimum na, na ganyang uh, sasakyan na kinuha po ng uh, mga kooperatives. Mm. At bakit sa tingin mo ito ay nangyayari na merong mga suppliers na tila bagay uh, may bas-bas na no nang magpapatupad nitong PUV modernization program na sa kanila lamang kukuha ng mga units. Ma'am Carmina, ayon dun sa ating mga kasamahan. Etong etong mga supplier ng minibus, may binibigay silang 100,000, 50,000 50, to 100,000 na komisyon per unit dito sa mga minibus, yung mga puti. Yung mga local manufacturers kasi wala. So tingin ko doon pa lang doon nagsisimula yung corruption at doon din nag sa pag-avail pa lang ng uh, bagong unit. Doon pa lang nagsisimula na yung corruption. Wala nga naman maibibigay. Wala nang puhunan na malaki yung mga mga local manufacturers natin. Ano pa ang ibibigay nilang komisyon doon sa mga mga chairman ng kooperatiba o mga officials ng kooperatiba o kung meron man doon sa mga nakaupo sa LTFRB at DOTR. Okay. Hindi po mga bilyonaryo itong mga mga local manufacturers natin na sana ito po yung tinutulungan na mabigyan ng financial support ng ating pamahalaan para para ito po yung umusbong at makapagbigay ng mas maraming trabaho sa ating mga kapwa Pilipino. Okay, explain one thing to me, Marno. Dahil sa takbo ng pag-uusap natin, ano, hindi mapapagkaila na merong mga nag-consolidate. Merong sumama either sa kooperatiba man or sa mga korporasyon. So ang tanong, bakit sila sumama pero kayo naninindigan at ayaw ninyo? Bakit sila kasama na dito sa programa at kayo hindi pa? Ano ang rason uh, bakit sila ay sumama? Unang-una, mama, doon sa tanong ko ninyo, bakit sila sumama napilitan? Kasi may mga deadline na ibinibigay ang gobyerno na takot. Doon sa sinasabi ng uh, LTFRB na 70% na o more than 70% na ang nakapag-consolidate, tingin ko wala pang 10% ang kusang loob na nag-consolidate. Yung 30% ay uh, 
uh, hindi talaga aware noon pa nakapag-consolidate na kasi ito daw ang sabi ng LTFRB kaya sumunod nang hindi nila alam yung kanilang ginagawa yung 30% natakot lang nitong bandang uli na nga Disyembre mm. kung, kung kutang loob ito bakit umabot siya ng anim na taon mm. Alright, dalawa ang paraan hindi ba na mag-consolidate under you join a cooperative or you join a corporation no? Marami na rin tayong naririnig tungkol sa mga korporasyon na ito. Pero tatanungin kita, Mar, sino ba ang mga nasa likod ng mga korporasyon na ito? Yung mga korporasyon po na ito, Ma'am uh, uh, Carmina, may, may mga nagtayo na yung iba dyan hindi naman miyembro doon sa ruta. Na pilit pinasok yung mga ruta, tinakot yung mga miyembro at uh, napilitan na sumama. Uh, ganun din sa mga ibang kooperatiba, hindi naman lahat. At uh, ito nga po yung uh, kung kailan lang uh, nagbigay ng mga dialogo ang, uh, ang uh, OTC, DOTR, LTFRB. Hanggang ngayon, hindi po naiintindihan. Uh, yung, mga yung ibang kasamahan natin na nag-consolidate, kaya nga po lumapit sa amin ito. Kaya nga po nagkaroon ng malaking awareness doon sa ating mga stakeholders, yung mga drivers at operators at mananakay. Dahil ngayon pa lamang po lumalabas yung... yung uh, baling pagpapatupad nitong programa na to. Hmm. Isipin natin, bakit nga ba umabot sa anim hanggang pitong taon yung pag-implement uh, ng consolidation? Kasi nga, bukod sa hindi nauunawaan at yung ibang nakakaunawa po, ay ayaw talagang pasukin nito dahil pahihirapan lang po kami. Marami na po ang nalugi dahil sa consolidation, pagsali sa kooperatiba at korporasyon. Marami na po ang nawalan ng hanap buhay na madalas naming ipinapakita pero hindi po ito pinakikinggan ng gobyerno. At sana pagdating ng... Uh... Wednesday, no, January 10, kung matuloy man ang hearing na ito, ay talagang mas uh, mabigyan ng linaw kung ano ba talagang nangyayari sa likod ng implementasyon ng PUV Modernization Program. Marvel Buena there, uh, Chairman of Transport Group Manibela, thank you for joining us this soon. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Right from there, we're going to take a quick break. Up ahead, the Budget Department approves the release of 3 billion pesos for the repair of damaged schools across the country. More on that after the break. Stay with Dateline Philippines. You're on AMC. Back with more news. Thousands of devotees continue to arrive in the city of Manila for day two of the traditional Black Nazarene Pahalik. Our correspondent, Dennis Datuna, joins us with an update. Dennis, over to you. Yes, uh, Carmina, thousands of devotees continue to line up for the traditional pahalik to the image of the Black Nazarene here at Kino Grandstands, which started last Saturday. Currently, the number of devotees lining up is increasing, coming from different parts of Metro Manila and the provinces, with the end of lines of devotees now reaching Independence Road near Corner South Drive. Aside from those with simple requests, there are also those who line up for the pahalik with illnesses, believing that only the, the Black Nazarene can provide a cure. Some of the devotees we saw who came here in Quirino Grandstand are stroke patients because they are unable to walk and are in wheelchairs. Volunteers are needed to carry them to the Quirino Grandstand just to be able to touch a small part of the Black Nazarene's image. Although it is called a pahalik, kissing the Black Nazarene is prohibited. And instead, devotees are only allowed to touch it or wipe it with a handkerchief. This also for health safety, especially with the ongoing COVID-19 situation. According to the Manila Police District, as of 12 noon today, the crowd estimate at Quirino Grandstand is around 400, while since January 6, the crowd estimate has reached more or less 43,100. 
It is expected that more devotees will arrive at Quirino Grandstand this afternoon. Although the line of devotees is getting longer, it is still moving quickly, while senior citizens, persons with disabilities, and those who are sick have their own line and are given priority to have the chance to touch the image of the Black Nazarene first. At 5.30 p.m., a panalangin sa takip ceiling activity will take here at Quirino Grandstand and at 6 p.m., the vigil will begin for the Black Nazarene for the translation tomorrow. Hundreds of police officers from NCRPO and Region 4A are also present here at Quirino Grandstand to provide security along with additional forces from the Army, MMDA, Coast Guard, Manila LGU, and volunteers. For those who might experience dizziness or any emergency situation, there are emergency tents here at Quirino Grandstand and ambulances are also on standby. Carmina. Thanks a lot, Dennis Dato. They're joining us on the line. And back here in the newsroom, oil prices slightly up this second week of January. Prices of gasoline, kerosene and diesel will see a 10 centavo increase per liter. Industry players have said fears of a supply disruption over attacks in the Red Sea may drive an oil price spike in the world market. A bill to improve the process of paying taxes in the country now signed into law. President Marcos signed the Ease of Paying Taxes Act, which is one of his administration's priority legislations. Under the law, tax returns can now be filed either electronically or manually with any authorized agent bank, revenue district office or authorized tax software provider. It also allows non-residents to register for these facilities in a bid to attract foreign investors. Marcos Wan make that wants to increase the share of tax collections to gross domestic product to above 17 percent by year 2028 from the current 14 percent. But for a former tax bureau commissioner, some of the issues in the tax system could have been addressed administratively. Sigur, the, the only, ano, the, for me, the only thing that really need an uh, amendment of the law is yung uh, pagbibigay ng instruction sa, although ito rin, pwede rin naman i-address na administratively yun kung micro ka, hindi ka na dapat mag-withhold ng buwis. A prominent businessman in Davao dies in a road mishap. Our very own Arnel Tokmano joins us to tell us more about this tragic accident. Arnel, over to you. Carmina Davao businessman Philip Sonny Dizon was killed after his Can-Am three-wheeled motorcycle figured in a vehicular accident on Sunday noon at Bansalan Balutake Road in Bansalan Town, Davao del Sur. The 64-year-old businessman was immediately brought to Davao del Sur Provincial Hospital in Digo City but later died due to serious injuries. The initial investigation of the Bansalan police station revealed the victim was traversing the Bansalan-Balutakay Road heading towards Balutakay Barangay Managa. 
as the victim approaches the site of the incident. He reportedly swerved his motorcycle towards the outer lane to avoid a vehicle that was approaching him. Badzalan Police Station Chief Police Captain Orlando Dalve said that the victim's motorcycle overtook in the opposite lane while going uphill when he noticed that there was another approaching vehicle. The victim allegedly lost control of his motorcycle while attempting to switch lanes and suddenly applying the brakes. This caused the motorcycle to overturn and the victim was thrown onto the concrete road. Dizon was the owner of uh, Davao Crocodile Park, Dizon Farms, and the Mount Apo Highland Resort in Barangay Kapatagan, Digo City. He was also the president of the American Chamber of Commerce, Davao City Chapter. And that's the latest here in Davao. Ernel Tokmo, ABS-CBN News. Thanks a lot, Ernel Tokmo. They're joining us on the line. Moving on, the Commission on Higher Education clarifies it has no authority to abolish the senior high school program. Chad Chairman Prospero de Vera says the memorandum only reminded state universities and colleges to take appropriate action on their senior high school admissions since they are no longer obligated to offer the program. Now, he points out the transition period for the K-12 program ended in 2021. Chad also downplays concerns about the possible displacement of senior high school students. The CHED memo is not uh, abrupt or arbitrary. We have been telling the state universities and colleges and looks for about three years now about mm -hmm. the impending uh, ending of the transition period. And many of them have actually closed their senior high. And mm -hmm. there has been no displacement in these areas. Mm -hmm. It has been smooth. And the transition has been, has been good, no? We are doing this every year. I did not tell them that they should stop taking in grade 11. I am saying you now review your grade 11 and 12 because there's no more subsidy coming from the national government. And you decide how you will close it. The Budget Department has approved the release of 3 billion pesos for the repair and rehabilitation of elementary and secondary school buildings. An initial 1.86 billion was already released from the total authorized appropriations of 4.9 billion pesos. The additional funds will be released to the DPWH, which will conduct the repairs on the damaged schools. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken assures Arab leaders Washington opposes the displacement of Palestinians from Gaza and the West Bank. Blinken is back in the Middle East to kickstart talks on Gaza's post-war future. His visit comes amid heightened fears Israel's offensive may spark a broader regional conflict. Too many Palestinian civilians are suffering from insufficient access to food, to water, to medicine, to other essential supplies. Children, most of all. We continue to raise with Israel the need to do everything possible to facilitate the provision of humanitarian aid to Gaza, and I will do so again when I'm there later this week. The war in Gaza has entered its fourth month with over 22,700 Palestinians killed. Meanwhile, two Palestinian journalists have been killed in an Israeli airstrike near Rafah Sunday. Another one survived but suffered serious injuries. According to the Committee for the Protection of Journalists, 77 journalists have already died in Gaza since the war began. Japanese Foreign Minister Yoko Kamikawa pledges Tokyo's continued support for Kyiv 
during an unannounced visit to Ukraine. In a meeting with Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky, Kamikawa pledged millions of dollars to NATO to help Ukraine avert Russian drone strikes and announced donations of generators and transformers. Her news conference with Ukrainian counterpart Dmitry Koleva was moved to a bomb shelter after air raid sirens rang in Kyiv. Japan is determined to continue supporting Ukraine so that its peace can return and restore the beauty of its land again. Japan has decided to allocate another $37 million to NATO's trust fund to provide equipment such as a drone detection system. The death toll from the New Year's Day quake in Japan jumps to 161. 103 people remain unaccounted for. Thousands of rescuers continue to sift through the rubble. The latest to be rescued was a 90-year-old woman who survived five days under the wreckage of a collapsed house in the city of Suzu. Rescue work is being com complicated by damaged roads, snow and landslides. Flight operations returned to normal at Tokyo's Haneda Airport six days after a near-catastrophic collision between a Japan Airlines flight and a smaller Coast Guard aircraft that killed five people. The incident resulted in the cancellation of hundreds of domestic, or make that hundreds of mostly domestic flights at one of the world's busiest airports. Japanese investigators, together with counterparts from France, Britain, and Canada, are probing the accident. Five people are trapped by heavy rainfall in a cave in southwestern Slovenia since Saturday. The group, which includes a family of three and two tourist guides, were reported to be in a safe place in the 8.2-kilometer-long Krishna Chama cave. Rescuers managed to reach them to deliver food and water, but officials said the rescue operation would depend on when the water levels fall. U.S. congressional leaders agree on a $1.59 trillion spending deal as they seek to avert a looming partial government shutdown. Since early last year, the Senate and House Appropriation Committees were unable to agree on the 12 annual bills needed to fund the government because of disagreements over spending. When lawmakers return on Monday from a holiday break, those panels will launch intensive negotiations over how much various agencies get to spend in the fiscal year. They face a January 19th deadline for the first set of bills to move through Congress and a February 2nd deadline for the rest. Former U.S. President Donald Trump downplays his role in the U.S. Capitol siege. Speaking on the third anniversary of the attack, Trump also said those jailed for storming the Capitol should be freed. He called them hostages who were mistreated by the Biden administration. Trump also repeated his unfounded claims that the 2020 elections was fraudulent before his supporters in Iowa. And with your help, we're going to bring back our country. We're going to bring it back from hell because this country has been in hell. What they've done and they ought to, you know what they ought to do? They ought to release the J6 hostages. They've suffered enough. They ought to release them. I call them hostages. Some people call them prisoners. I call them hostages. Release the J6 hostages, Joe. Release them, Joe. You can do it real easy, Joe. This guy, what he's done, what he's done to people. Trump faces a mix of state and federal charges for his attempts to subvert the election 
but he has not been charged with instigating the January 6, 2021 insurrection. But a mob of his supporters stormed the Capitol as legislators were certifying President Joe Biden's 2020 election victory. In sports, Filipino champion pole vaulter E.J. Obiena adds another feather to his cap. After being named Athlete of the Year by the Philippine Sports Writers Association, he now has his sights set on winning the country's second-ever Olympic gold in Paris this year. Diane Castillo now joins us with that story. Diane, what more can you tell us? Yes, Carmina. Well, the Philippines' E.J. Obiena, the world number two pole vaulter, is extremely honored to have been named Athlete of the Year for 2023 by the Philippine Sports Writers Association. Obiena, who is currently in Italy for his preseason training, is very thankful that he achieved all his goals in 2023, which included winning the gold at the Southeast Asian Games, a gold at the Asian Games, a silver at the World Championships, jumped six meters and qualified for the Paris 2024 Olympics, which will happen later this year. Right now, all his focus and energy is targeted to achieve his next goal, to win a gold in Paris for the Philippines. After a very grueling and highly successful 2023, Obiana has been back to Europe training the last four months to continue working on his jump. EJ shares the tenacity of his head coach, Vitaly Petrov, is constantly paying attention to every detail to raise the bar for him to lead up to the Olympics. Obiana started off the preseason training in Spain. He then transferred to his training camp in Formula Italy, and right now he's in Padova to get ready for the indoor season. Sacrifice and dedication is all the more present now with EJ. He trained over Christmas and the New Year, and he's ready to do everything that he needs to to be at his best come Paris. His first competition will be in Europe later in February. With, uh, EJ shared, aside from Vitaly Petrov, he has a team now that looks after his body to stay injury-free and at peak level. He also speaks to a psychologist to keep his mental game up. As he has done in the past, gymnastic sessions is incorporated into his training sessions, and he sometimes seeks some tips from Carlos Yulo. World champion Armand Duplantis, who holds the world record in the pole vault at 6.23 meters, is still the man to beat in Paris, but EJ is only concerned about his own game to go to Obiana, who loves tennis and plays whenever he can, wishes Alex Ayala all the best as she starts the qualifying of the Australian Open tomorrow, January 9th. And that's the latest from EJ Obiana. Carmina, back to you. Thanks a lot, Diane Castillo. They're joining us on the line. And before we go, the award season in Hollywood kicks off with the 81st Golden Globes. And the big winners include Oppenheimer, which won a Best Director for Christopher Nolan. It also bagged major acting prizes, including Best Actor in a Drama for Cillian Murphy. Meanwhile, Emma Stone was recognized as the Best Female Actor in a Musical or Comedy for her performance in Poor Things. In the television field, HBO series Succession bagged acting nods for Kieran Culkin and Matthew McFadden. Filipino-American comedian Joe Coy also made his awards show hosting debut. The crowd had quite a lukewarm response to his monologue, which at one point even booed one of his jokes. It's hard to blame the guy, though, who jokingly defended himself from the jeer, saying he got the gig just 10 days ago. And that'll do it for today. Thanks for joining us. I'm Carmina Constantino. If you want to revisit today's episode, you can play back this newscast on our YouTube channel and on ANC 24-7 on Facebook. Keep well. Keep it here on the News Channel.